It's time for Let's Make Kids Books, where you'll learn how to easily create, publish, and sell your own children's books today. Whether you're just getting started or want to increase book sales and attract more readers and fans, you're in the right place. And now your host, children's book author and founder of letsmakekidsbooks.com, Bo Blackwell. Hey everybody, Bo Blackwell here. Uh, I'm really excited for the interview I've got with you today. This is one of the most interesting uh, and kind of unique self-publishing stories and authors that I've run across. And I've been following her stuff for a little while now and uh, just have a lot of questions for her because she's doing some really interesting things that I'm not really seeing anybody else doing right now. Her name is Linnell Woolley. And she is the creator of the Flower Girl World series um, and a whole kind of line of products and related merchandise and things like that that go with it. So I'm really excited to have her here today and talk to her about how she launched that and what she's doing to really build out that whole brand. So thanks for joining me today, Linnell. Hi, it's so great to be here. Great. Well, um, how long have you been doing the Flower Girl World books and, and really just self-publishing books in general? Well, my first book came out in um, 2012, and of course, as self-published authors, I was working on it long before that, um, maybe just a couple of years before that, and um, and really, I released the picture book and the first chapter book at the same time. Okay, um, and have you always been an author? Have you always been into writing, or was that something that you kind of came to you know, later, what, what was your background before that? I, um, worked at the movie studios. So I live in Los Angeles and I worked at MGM for about 13 years. And, uh, my last position was at New Line Cinema. I was senior vice president of creative advertising for the home entertainment group, which meant that I did, uh, packaging and advertising materials for DVDs. Oh, okay, interesting. So you you kind of had a a background in marketing and advertising, I guess you'd say. It, it, has that had a big impact on how you approach your your books and your whole line of products that you're related to it? Yes, absolutely. I think um, having the background that I have has made it so much easier. And plus, I also am married. My husband um, is head of uh, international marketing at Sony. So we both kind of come from a little bit of a different perspective. He's strictly marketing. I'm more of creative. So originally when I came up with this idea, it was really important to me to see the characters through. And I know that in so many times in traditional publishing, an author might not be able to work with their illustrator, especially a first time author. So um, my thought was that because I'd had so much experience with designers and illustrators and printers that I really wanted to establish this whole brand and look on my own first. Okay, um, so did you, you had kind of an idea in mind, how did you then go about you know, finding somebody to work with that that could really bring that vision to life? It's a great question. I, um, again, being in Los Angeles, I think there's just a wealth of information and people that are willing to help. And I had a good friend that um, worked at Mattel on the Barbie account. 
So I contacted her and said, you know, I'm looking for a certain look for these characters. I really wanted the look to be somewhat commercial and um, very similar to uh, brands out there that were being used in toys. Because I kind of thought, well, this is an idea that I can do a little bit more with. I can write some great stories and then we can really build a brand around it. So anyway, she gave me the name of some agencies, but I, you know, kind of looked through the agency books. I contacted an illustrator on my own. And honestly, we've, you know, been working together since 2010 and I just met her for the first time last week. So it was really great. She's in Omaha. I'm in Los Angeles, as I said. And we met at the licensing show in Vegas last week. So that was really exciting. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I actually had a friend who was at the licensing show for something completely different. But that's a, <laughs> a great show to be at for our, for our kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Where did you originally come up with this flower girl world idea? Was it something that you went into it thinking this could be very brandable or there's a, a market niche here that I could tap into since there are obviously always weddings going on and things like that? Or, or was it something that you just you know had a personal interest in and came up with the stories for? Well, it all started because my daughter was in three different weddings during the time between she was like four and five and a half. And um, I just saw her enthusiasm for this. And it was very similar. You know, she was reading all these books at the time about princesses and fairies. And so I'd start to tell her some stories with flower girls. And one of the things that I felt, I, you know, being a three-time flower girl mom, <laughs> there wasn't really a lot out there on this. And First, there wasn't the books about the characters, and then there also wasn't information for moms and brides on what to do with your flower girl, what are the responsibilities, who plays for the dresses, different things like that. And so my husband and I started talking about it, and again, he kind of came from a marketing perspective of wow, no one's really doing this. You know, there should be somebody doing this and why can't it be us? Mm -hmm. So I, um, it was really important to me as a mom to write some stories that I felt were introducing a diverse group of characters and that these girls were strong girls. They have different talents um, and they come from different places. So the the stories themselves, I didn't want to be about how to be a flower girl. I felt like there was enough of those stories out there. And I also felt that that was some information that I could get to on my website. So the stories, I wanted to be about the friendships that these flower girls make when they meet new girls that are coming from different places and that the adventures they have around the weddings, so using the weddings as a really cool backdrop and learning about new cultures and customs when they go to destination weddings and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, they approach the idea of, flower girls as being like overly princessy and frilly and girly, but 
the characters that I've created are tomboys and some, and some are like, you know, one character, Iris, is the, the arts and crafts flower girl. So she's got this vast knowledge of how to do certain crafts and things like that, where the Rosie character is the detective flower girl. And she's the one that likes finding things that are missing or solving mysteries. And so this it's a it's a range of different um, story options that flow out of something like that. Really, being a flower girl um, it has a lot of responsibility that comes with it. It's maybe a girl's first opportunity to um, be really seen in public. And how does she deal with talking to adults and being in the spotlight? And my my picture book, um, which is called Camellia the Fabulous Flower Girl, um, is really about a little girl who thinks that she knows everything about being a flower girl, even though she's never been in a wedding before. And then when she finally gets her chance, how does she deal with other girls that are also flower girls who don't do everything the way she sees it and come from different places and how can they all kind of come together and become the best flower girls ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was definitely something i noticed i, I mentioned before the show that i had uh, gotten one of your books and was reading it to my kids and especially my daughter, who's almost six, was really into the story, and we were reading the chapter book, um, which sometimes those don't hold my kids' interest throughout the whole book, but she kept asking for it every night. And that was something I noticed right away, was that you know, the Flower Girl um, setting was, it was obviously forefront, but that the story was much more of a, kind of, the one I read was more of a, a mystery or adventure type story, and yeah, that these girls were actually doing things, and um, interacting with, like you said, with adults in a very mature kind of way and um, really facing some issues rather than it just being like, oh, look, I'm at a wedding and it's fun and, you know, I'm tossing out flower petals. It was, it was much more of a traditional story. So I liked how you took um, a unique angle or a unique niche, but then put, um, put more depth to it and that sort of thing. So yeah, that, that's a, a great point that you made that you can take a Kind of your hook, but mm -hmm. uh, but make it more of a, a an empowering story for girls and things like that. Because you're right that I I saw a lot of princess stories and things that I would read to my daughter and not be that interested in. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it's something that's been, as I said, really important to me. And at the time, my daughter um, was in these weddings. She was just starting to be interested in chapter books, and some of them I just felt were not fulfilling um, that kind of, you know, important story structure and things like that. And, you know, look, so many of us, I think, turn to writing children's books because we have children and, and we're in it with them when every time, you know, a young one picks up a book. Um, and, you know, for an adult to be interested in knowing that their children are reading something that, you know, has some mental nutritional value to it <laughs> is is always a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, since you are a self-published author like I am, um, but obviously you know your your books and your brand have started to take off, and and you kind of had an idea early on that this could become a big thing and and something that could be pretty expansive. What made you 
decide to pursue the self-publishing route as opposed to submitting to publishers and trying to get picked up by a traditional publisher? And is that something that may eventually be a goal or that you would consider doing? Or do you like sticking with the self-published route so that you have control over it? Um, I, when I, okay, so when I was at New Line Cinema, um, there's a lot of, it was right at 2008 and, you know, everybody was, you know, struggling and um, there's a lot of layoffs that occur with studios. So at the time, my entire 90% of the company um, was folded into another studio and we all lost our jobs. And at the time, I was actually writing a humor book for women on getting laid off called Your Pink Slip is Showing. And I ended up, um, you know, getting a traditional agent and we went out with it and, you know, saw the process. And, you know, everybody was really positive. But at the time, like I said, it was 2008 and everybody was getting laid off, including these publishers. Some of the people that we submitted to wouldn't have a job (laughs) two weeks (laughs) later. And um, the process in itself, people came back and said that they loved the idea. But again, people were writing about that subject now and had the book come out two years earlier, you know, it would have been perfect. And, you know, so seeing that and going, uh, you know, having that bit of experience, knowing that I really felt deeply about the concept, about what I was going to write, and um, knowing that it was a marketable idea, we decided to take it out on our own. And I, I can imagine for someone who doesn't have my background or experience that it it's a tough tough process you know i mean not you know my my background i think kind of covers some of the upfront stuff i actually came up through my job through copywriting so and i'm writing the the blurbs on the back of the dvds that get you to rent movies or buy movies that you normally wouldn't and so I was kind of used to writing in that kind of small space so picture book writing um you know when you have to have every word really make sense and and be there for what it's supposed to do in that sentence um wasn't that foreign to me um and then getting an editor to prove it. I used a proofreader that I had used for years at um, at both of my jobs at New Line and at MGM. Um, I think it's really important to vet the whole process and then and then printing. Um, I actually traditionally published um, or printed the books. My picture book was printed in China and that was a whole other interesting experience that we can talk about. And my um, chapter books are, are printed in Michigan. And, you know, I knew to ask for questions about whether or not the gradated illustrations would be banding and what the, you know, what proofs would look like and things like that. But I, I can't imagine that it's a great challenge for somebody who hasn't been down that road before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to ask you about the 
printing process that you went through since I've just been using Amazon's CreateSpace for my books. So with that, I kind of just give them the files and, and I don't have a background in the design stuff and that sort of thing. So I don't know what any of the terms you just used were, but <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, what convinced you to go that route? And, and yeah, how did you go about finding a printer in China and things like that? I mean, that seems like something that would be a, a big hurdle um, to overcome. Well, I actually, I have a friend from college who is also a, a children's book publisher and, and she came from Simon and Schuster. So, but she's starting, you know, she has started her own company and she actually recommended to me, there's, it's a company called Oceanic Graphic Printing. And, um, the contact person was in San Francisco. So, um, he mostly dealt with China and speaks wonderful English here. And we were able to really produce something that's beautiful. I, I love the printing on the, on the picture book. And I chose to do it that way because I felt that the picture book was going to be a great option as a gift book uh, for brides. And it actually has turned out that way where the bridal stores and brides tend to um, bring in the picture book as opposed to moms and young kids and book events where the chapter books sell much more. And I, and I think that is a price point issue. Um, but in order for me to print a hard copy at a create space or one of the other POD companies, it, was going to be exorbitantly expensive and this brought the the margins down and um but i, I printed 2000 books um which is a, is a lot <laughs> <laughs> i had to get a fulfillment house um and i should tell you also that originally i was you know distributing all on my own and i did get picked up by a national distributor and um now they're taking care of sales for me which is great because i'm really not a salesperson. gotcha okay very interesting um well, could you tell me a little bit more about the other sort of related products and merchandising and things that you've been doing uh obviously that was related to your background but um you know how has that gone because that's something that I think is really unique in this space and I've not seen many other authors even if they have a pretty identifiable character trying to take that stuff on and do it themselves that's something that seems to only ever be done by traditionally published authors well um, I again when we first started marketing this we thought okay brides are a slam dunk that's where we should start and then broaden out to um, more of a mass target. And really, um, so so how how do you how do you get to brides? And that was a whole different thing, interesting thing, as we were building the website and um, we were trying to determine like how how we were going to talk to them. I, we thought, okay, we're going to need a gift for the brides and how, what, what would make them feel like they're actually 
you know, giving something special to a flower girl? And what do flower girls need at weddings that they're not getting? And how do we incorporate our brand look and characters into those things? So um, did a lot of research, a lot on sourcing, um, where to get some of these products, how do I make them on my own, blah, blah, blah. So we came up with a kit that we're calling the Celebration Kit. And it comes in this big, shiny, pink bubble envelope package. And in it is, um, it, it includes the picture book and the first chapter book. And it also includes um, a, a felt basket, a flat felt basket that they can decorate with glitter flower stickers and practice petals. So they can, you know, kind of practice being a flower girl. And then I created a activity book and a memory book so that they could have something that they could do on the day of the wedding and then something to keep all of their keepsakes where they could either um, create that memory book for themselves or give it to a grandparent who might have given them the kit or, you know, the bride herself as a gift of her, of the flower girl's experience there. And um, there's also an official certificate in it that says I'm a flower girl on this day to make them feel really special. So doing all of that took a lot of time and, um, and, uh, you know, it, I kept trying to source it down. We also include all the bookmarks and how could I get all their character bookmarks and how do you get those inexpensively? Um, it was fun to work on. I think for somebody like me, I, I really enjoy the creative process of writing, but I also enjoy the marketing and this kind of sourcing. The hard part was putting all these kits together, which, you know, um, Whenever my mother-in-law is in town, <laughs> she sets up shop in my living room and puts them together while watching Ellen, I think. Um, and, you know, she's she's been a huge help, you know. So, But it's hard on my quality control to say, that, that doesn't look right there. <laughs> but God bless her because she has been a, a huge, huge help. Um, and the price point, my, my thought was originally the the um, my costs are rather high in relation to the price point and obviously the labor is really high. But if I got enough people who were interested that might be able to lead me to licensing opportunities and so have somebody else creating these kits. So that brings me to why I've been at licensing show, as I mentioned before. You know, our thoughts are with the picture book and creating all these characters that there could be licensing opportunities in it, whether it's flower girl dresses and shoes or toys and games about flower girls. And we started going actually at the licensing show before we um, started the brand. And that was partially to see what people were doing and to obviously make contacts and to kind of get an idea about where the uh, trends in girls products were going. And so that we could kind of, 
think about that as we were creating this brand. <laughs> got it. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, when you've got these kits and, and you've got products that are geared towards that specific market segment of brides or of parents of flower girls, um, what what actual types of marketing are you doing to, to get in front of them? It seems like with your website you probably do some content marketing where you're putting mm-hmm. out information that's going to be relevant, but what other uh, types of marketing channels do you use or specific, you know, marketing tactics? Right. And I wish I had the magic bullet to <laughs> how, you know, what's the best thing to use. When, you know, I, when I said that originally we thought it was going to be Brides, 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 and we tried doing um, bridal expos and things like that, but brides were not they 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 were thinking about themselves as they as they should be and really they were coming to those kind of events to get information and not necessarily make purchases and it was way before the time that they would even need to think about doing something for their flower girl i mean part of our marketing message was make this special give them a nice gift and ask them to be a flower girl you know it's the experience of their lifetime and which is great and some of them really responded to it and others just were like you know i need to figure out you know what my bridal dress is going to look like you know i need to get my stuff on registry so um what we found in a lot of those shows that it was really the mother of the bride who was also the grandmother of the flower girl in some cases that was interested and also the mother of the flower girl who might be a, a bridesmaid or, or or the bride herself so um how do you reach those people and that was a challenge because we really you know didn't um we, we didn't have access to those people, right? So what I started to realize was that it was important to talk to the moms and the girls because even though it was about flower girls, it really wasn't just about flower girls and weddings. And so my marketing message shifted a little bit so that I could make sure that it's, it's bringing the flower girl experience to all girls whether they're in a wedding or not. And um, what I found is, you know, doing book events live and Girl Scout events alive has been a great experience. Much more, they're much more responsive than the brides ever have been. Hmm. So um, that was a big shift for me. And I would say to your listeners out there that don't be afraid to look at new channels and if something isn't working let it go and and focus on where you do need to be because you know if your product is good if it's you know I also highly recommend getting your books read by a real editor um, somebody that might be freelancing now that used to be a you know one of the big uh, publishing houses I got somebody who was from Simon and Schuster. Um, And the people will come if you're creating a good product. Um, So for live events, I've kind of focused my stuff there. Um, Where I do see brides coming to me is on Pinterest. And um, I actually just signed up for a webinar to 
really understand it more and how can I really target the people that I want to target there and turn them into customers. So I, I do believe in education and I'm constantly doing webinars and things like that. Usually if they're free, I'll definitely do <laughs> You know, we all have to worry about like our marketing budgets and everything, but I kind of decided, okay, well, if this is how the brides are finding me on Pinterest, um, then that's, you know, where I'm, where I'm going to focus on them. Um, the other place that people were finding us was um, through, we do some hair videos sometimes because the, um, there's, it's actually, you know, to say to doing these flower girl hair videos or pointing to the hair videos that other people do was drawing people to our website because flower girl hair was highly searched and uh, there was low competition. So, you know, my next goal is how do I um, connect my books more to these videos that we're doing? And so I, I'm, you know, thinking about doing an ebook that might you know, kind of link the two together and focus more on hair with the characters. So, um, so that's something I'm doing. Um, and I, you know, Facebook, you know, we're all trying to figure out Facebook, right. And how to actually, you know, the readers are there. It's just hard to talk to them there. And Twitter, I think has been a really good, um, resource for me too. Yeah, uh, that's a ton of great advice in there. I mean, I think obviously starting off with the um, the idea of being willing and open to, to shifting your target market is really key once you see how people are reacting to it and, and who's actually going to be spending the money on the books is, um, is a major insight that <laughs> I think a lot of authors don't necessarily pay enough attention to um, and maybe you're either targeting their books incorrectly or not even thinking about who the target audience really is for someone who's going to spend the money on your book. And Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. I, I just did a library event yesterday in Santa Monica. Um, and, you know, they opened it up. I think they said, you know, four to nine year olds or whatever. And there were a lot of little kids there. And I mean, maybe toddler and threes and four, you know, that kind of age, which I've now found, um, you know, obviously have a hard time keeping their attention in a reading, um, but they're, they are not as open to seeing new characters as much as when they turn about five years old they are really um, enamored by the characters and are drawn to them. So I know that my younger, uh, I, I, I shouldn't be necessarily targeting that, that younger group. The picture book, which is kind of for that younger group, is usually bought like by the bride or it's a gift item, you know, but it's those chapter books that have been kind of like the, the ones that are really turning quickly. And that's because the, the kids are asking for it from their moms. Yeah, that's a great point. Great insight there for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about that, that you mentioned to me before the show is that you just did your first uh, free book promotion through uh, Amazon's KDP Select. And 
apparently it went extremely well. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about how you approached that, um, you know, what you did, what if you're willing to share your results or at least, you know, give us a sense of it, but um, really kind of how you approached that since it wasn't something that you had tried before and it seems like the, the results were fantastic. Yeah, I I think, you know, as writers, we're all a little bit wary about, you know, giving away our content for free. And, um, and, you know, we all are trying to make a buck. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's not something I had really focused on. I think I, especially coming from my background, I was so um, into the print side of things that to me, the eBooks were kind of an afterthought. And I did them because it made sense to do them, but I wasn't really marketing around them. And I knew I kept putting like the okay free ebook promotion kept getting to the back of my to do list, um, but then I connected with somebody at my distributor who is in charge of all digital marketing, and I didn't realize how much they would handle for me. So I mean, I thought that was good, but I don't think it's a difficult thing to do. Um, and the only promotion I did around it was that I did it. Um, a bit of advertising on BookBub, which is a company that will send out emails to subscribers and you can tell them um, that you're interested in mysteries and romance novels and children's books. And every day they will send a daily email that will show you what books are free or on permission. And they only send about four or five books with each email. So you're not um, competing with a lot. And, you know, they give a big, beautiful of the front cover of your book with it. Um, and through my distributor, we decided to just do a three-day promotion. And um, it it did really, really well. It did about 15,000 downloads in the three days, which I, you know, was more than I anticipated my distributor or the book book people actually said it was, it was higher than um, what they anticipated as well. So um, I am now researching how to do it again and how I can make it even more of a success. Uh, one thing that I learned from it was that I, you know, we did this with the first chapter book that had come out two years ago. And so at the time, the promotional message for the rest of the brand was that, you know, the next chapter book would be coming out soon. And obviously it was out and I should have changed that information on the original ebook. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, but one of the other things that I, you know, people started to write reviews on Amazon, which we all know is so hugely important. And um, some of the moms would write, my daughter loved this. She couldn't put it down. You know, she can't read, wait to read more about the flower girls. And then I went back and commented on their reviews so that um, I would be able to tell them. And, and Amazon lets you do that and link to other products on Amazon. And that spurred some more sales of the other book and more reviews. I had one mom that said that her daughter felt so special that I reached out to them 
And, you know, I told her I was so happy she was a fan and things like that. And that as a mom, that made her feel so great that her daughter was excited. The daughter was talking about it at school. As an author, that's what makes us feel great, right? They're kind of spreading the word about it. So, um, you know, building that fan base is so important. And, and as we were talking about before, figuring out who that fan base is, is really important. You know, I, the wedding industry, you know, turns over, you know, the fans turn over every eight months. So, but you're getting new fans every year. So, you know, to me, how it's important to know how to split your time and your energy and your money on and where to market things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is so key because there are a million different promotional channels you can use. Um, and especially when you, you know, something like a book bub where you're spending a, spending some money. Mm-hmm. There, I see people doing Facebook ads or buying book trailer, you know, having book trailer videos created and things like that. And, and it's always a big question as to where you um, spend your money and what the return on the investment is. Um, one thing I was going to ask just because I, I was kind of curious is do you – uh, try to build your email list in your books? Is that something that you have like in the back of your book where someone could uh, go to a page and, uh, for example, I was thinking they give you their email address and then they could download the bookmarks that they could print out since my kids are obsessed with bookmarks and love them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, and that's a great idea. <laughs> so I'm going to write that down right now. You mean from the ebook, actually? Sign up from the list. Yeah. So, I, for example, I just have a, a specific page on my website that's um, called you know slash freebies or something like that. Um, what I give out is uh, just black and white coloring page versions of my books. Where, mm-hmm. uh, they can print them out and their kids can color them and that sort of thing. But you know, with all of the the extra cool stuff that you have around your uh, your books, it seems like you could totally give them some of that that they could print out themselves so there's no cost to you but would be a great perk that they would be willing to give you their email address and then you can contact them when your next book comes out that's very that's a great idea i mean the my site has um an area for signing up for email but i don't don't think it's prominent enough um where i've built most of my list is from the um in live events and you know where people I know that are going to be fans but I still find that you know you can say three times in a in a mass email like forward this to a friend and things like that and and people some people of some generations just don't take that action you know there's a lot of people I find on Facebook who aren't sharing you know I'll say oh my God, we just had this great review or uh, Brooke Burke just tweeted about my book, you know, and they'll like it, but they won't share it. And sharing is really what helps us to get, you know, further up in the algorithms of Facebook and um, being seen by other people. So, yeah, I've, you know, been doing the social media marketing for a long time with different companies and things like that as well and it is hard to get people to share you almost you know you you have to make it where there's something in it for them <laughs> you know whether it's a, a contest or um, you, you, even just positioning as you know 
share this so that your friends get the value out of it. Um, but even that is it, it's probably the toughest action to get people to take just because they're wary of um, right. having friends get annoyed at them or something, you know. So, um, but yeah, that that's great that you built your email list through uh, through live events as well because that's that's an area I haven't really explored much yet. So that's some something I need to to do and then. Um, between that and, and giving away freebies on your website to get people on your mailing list, it seems like there could be a, a ton of opportunity there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you know, especially where I, you know, like I said, my licensing opportunities and things like that, that I don't know that it, it applies to everyone. I think, you know, as you're writing, you know, some people just have stories that they want to tell. And they're not necessarily, you know, thinking about the marketing behind things. Um, and, and then it's hard to stand out from the clutter. You know, the the Flower Girls, is it has a built-in kind of niche market that, you know, I can kind of get to. Um, but, you know, not every children's book is like that. And I think that people have to either kind of, um, you know, think about those kind of things when they're writing, if, if they want to, you know, kind of go off on a marketing direction or if they want to just tell a story, which is a totally, you know, legitimate thing as writers, you know. Um, I also had, um, you know, we all have to send these books out to pre-trade reviews. And, um, you know, I had one... Uh, reviewer tell me that the um, the reason why she wasn't going to review my book was because the, the the way the illustrations looked, hmm. and you know I've gotten nothing but rave reviews about these illustrations, and especially when I see it in the eyes of you know the little girls that come up at these live events and things, but to her it was too commercial, you know. But I. I chose to go commercial because I saw it in a different way. And when you're putting together your illustrations or your marketing plan, just, I would say, see it for, for what it is and what, what do you want out of it? You know, um, cause it's hard to build a children's brand. I mean, when I went to licensing show this year, they were showing a lot of the same products that they were showing five years ago. So, you know, it's very hard to break through the Disney and the Mattel corporate world. You know, it's hard to be seen. So um, if there's not some kind of hook or something, then, you know, your stories can exist as stories, too. They don't need to be, you know, the next Barbie or whatever, you know, because people are always looking for really good stories to read. Yeah, that's a, a great piece of advice because, uh, yeah, I do think some people might hear this and think, oh, well, you're saying I can't be successful if I don't build a whole brand and, you know, plan multiple books out and that sort of thing. And that's that's not the case, but it is one very, um, very smart way to go if your goal is to build your, your children's book writing into a business. And, and if you like doing the advertising and marketing stuff, like you said – you know, thinking about getting a kid interested in your book and reading your book and then having them ask for more books, you know, obviously you've got to be able to provide those <laughs> those extra titles. So thinking, right. 
several books ahead or, or planning out a series can be a great way to um, to give your books some longevity and, and build a fan base. So, uh, right. And when somebody reads your book on a free promotion that they know that there's more that they can purchase. Yep. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, perhaps I've been spending too much time on marketing and I need to get back and write that third chapter book. Um, you had also asked me originally if I would ever be interested in a traditional publisher. And um, I, I would. I would if it made sense um, from the business model. And I think that I keep looking um, to seeing what happens each time that I do this. I mean, look, we do this because we love it. We love children's books and we love writing. And, um, and I think that it, it's hard to, it's hard to make a profit in, in this kind of world. Um, and it's, it's hard, I think, when you don't see profits come up right away, that you um, might want to give up. And I would say, keep plugging as much as you can. It's about the hustle. And when you are, um, you, you just have to, if you're not seeing the response, I think this is one of the reasons why live events are so great. Um, take what, the input that you're getting from your customers and the consumers who that you can actually interact with and see, well, you know, maybe I should be going this route instead. Or, um, you know, my husband's always saying, you need a ninja flower girl, <laughs> you know, or you need a, you know, a mystical one. You know, I had always kept this in reality, but maybe, it, maybe that would connect more with an audience, you know? So it, it's just tough. You got to keep plugging and, and hopefully you get some of those exciting things where, you know, somebody, dis a celebrity discovers your book and puts it on her website. That's what happened with Heidi Klum discovered my picture book. And um, I didn't even know that she had put oh, wow. it until a friend of mine saw it. So. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's it was it was incredible. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's a great point you made because, um, that's something I tell a lot of authors that are starting out. Um, and especially people that are worried that, you know, self publishing isn't going to work for them. And I tell them, well, yeah, if you only ever put out one book, then the odds of it getting discovered or of really connecting with an audience, um, are going to be pretty low because you've only given people one chance to, get to find your stuff so with each additional book you put out you give yourself a much better chance of not only being discovered and having that breakthrough book that audiences just really connect with or a celebrity connects with or whatever it might be but you also give yourself more uh, opportunities to cross promote your own work and your other books and use things like free giveaways to get people to download your first book and try out your other books so you can't mm. give up if that first book doesn't really take off like you'd hoped Right, right. And, you know, from my aspect, doing a series has been great um, just because people can relate to it and, and they want more. I mean, those, there's um, a series that um, 
I think Scholastic puts out called the Rainbow Magic. It's the Rainbow Fairies and they're a group of chapter books. And, you know, again, when my daughter was that age, we'd go to the Barnes and Noble and see just racks of these books. And it's just the, it's the Rainbow Fairies. It's the Days of the Week Fairies. It's the Months of the Year Fairies. It's the Gem Fairies. It's the Sports Fairies. We just were there the other day and now it's the Nighttime Fairies. <laughs> who include like the midnight fairy and, you know, I mean, it's, it's brilliant marketing. And as I recall, a lot of those books were the same kind of plot. Um, you know, so, and that's another thing. Do you just churn these books out or are you really, you know, crafting a, a, a good book, which I hope would be the latter. Um, so anyway, it was, these books had so much presence to them that that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe it's chapter books that I want to write about, you know, because there's, you know, once you get them hooked or, or a library hooked on it or, you know, whatever, I mean, that's a great way to sell books. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, chapter books are something I haven't tried yet, but you, you're inspiring me to want to try them. <laughs> good, good. good. Well, uh, Linnell, thanks so much for everything you've shared with us. Uh, where can people go to, to find out more about you and Flower Girl World? Well, on our website, it's flowergirlworld.com. Um, and I would love to get people to come there and join our mailing list and tell me what you're thinking about what we're doing. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube and Google Plus, <laughs> all of those. And the books are um, available on Amazon and iTunes and, and all that. Barnes and Noble. Um, and I'll just, I'll repeat the names of the books too, because I don't even know that I even said those. Yeah, um, please do. The, the picture book is called Camellia, the Fabulous Flower Girl. Um, the first chapter book is Rosie and the Wedding Day Rescue. It's about um, a wedding that goes terribly wrong and the, the bride has to turn to her flower girls to save the day. And then uh, the most recent chapter book is Iris and the Aloha Wedding Adventure. So one of the flower girls from the first chapter book now goes to um, Hawaii and meets another flower girl there. And they have a crazy adventure where they're trying to capture the menahune, which are like elves or leprechauns in Hawaii. It's kind of fun. Very cool. That's great. And I highly recommend that everybody go and check out flowergirlworld.com because it's probably the best looking, most, uh, I don't know, coolest, most appealing author website or book series website from a, a self-published author that I've ever seen. So uh, thank you. Yeah, it's a great website. Everybody should definitely check that out. Well, Linnell, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been really great talking with you. It's and, great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. All right. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll be back again with you soon. Hi, Bo here. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it and finding it useful, please do me a quick favor and subscribe on iTunes or leave a review by going to letsmakekidsbooks.com slash iTunes or just share it with your author friends. To make sure you don't miss anything, including future episodes of the show, Visit letsmakekidsbooks.com slash subscribe and enter your email to get all of my blog and podcast updates. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.